But uh, the past couple months, I've been uh, teaching over uh, the book of Jonah. And uh, the book of Jonah is a really uh, interesting book. Um, it's popular amongst uh, young people, obviously. It's got some pretty cool stories. It's got, you know, Jonah being swallowed by the giant fish. I mean, that was always a really exciting story that I loved to hear uh, when I was a kid. I mean, I still love to read it today. I don't know about you, but there's some really great stories in there. And I think one of the reasons why as I grew up, now as I'm an adult, and I'm sure like many of you out here today, like the book of Jonah, is because of how the book of Jonah doesn't shy away from Jonah as being a human. I think many of us can see ourselves in the life of Jonah. You know, sometimes we get to a point in our life where we just decide to run from God. We don't want to have anything to do with him. We try to run. We try to get away from God. And that's what's so great about the Bible. It really shows all these Bible characters. I mean, it'd be a pretty depressing book almost if if, if it just showed the heights of all these people's life. If it just showed David killing Goliath, if it just showed how they conquered uh, much of the earth back then, it would almost be discouraging because we we wouldn't be able to see ourselves in those people. But we see these people at the heights of their life, And we also see them in the depths of their life. We see their humanity in each and every single one of these Bible characters. That's what's really encouraged me reading through the book of Jonah is noticing, hey, God can use anyone. And God is willing to go through great lengths to get us to do his will. And he definitely did that in the life of Jonah. So tonight we're going to be starting... Um, In Jonah chapter 2, Jonah chapter 2 and verse 10, and we're going to be reading uh, through chapter 3 and verse 2. So Jonah chapter 2 and verse 10. And as we get to this part of the story, it's after Jonah decided to run from God. He was running away. God told him to go to Nineveh, preach repentance to the city of Nineveh, a wicked, awful city goes to tell him to preach repentance to these people. And Jonah said, no, no way am I going to Nineveh. Those people hate me. I'm going to, I guarantee you, I will just go over there and be killed before I can make any difference. And right away, Jonah decided to run. He said, I'm going to get myself a ship. I'm going to get myself as far away from the Lord's will as I can. I'm going to go to Tarshish. I'm going to go to literally the exact opposite direction that the Lord would have me to go. And through that trip, obviously we see that there was that storm that came, the almost supernatural storm that came. And Jonah was literally sitting there sleeping on the bottom of the boat during the storm. Now I'm a pretty heavy sleeper, but I mean, sleeping through a storm in the bottom of a ship, come on now, this guy was completely comfortable with where he was. He was completely comfortable with being out of the will of God. And you know what? The Lord had to shake him. Uh, The Lord had to to really wake him up and help him understand, hey, the way that you're going isn't the way, isn't the life that I had planned for you. 
and obviously he finally gets up and he tells that, that crew there on the ship, he said, you know what? I am the reason why this storm is here. I am the reason why all of us are going to die. And he eventually came to the point where he says, the only way that this storm is going to leave is if you throw me off of the ship into the water. And he knew that was going to be guaranteed death. He knew he was going to have to die for those sins and from running, running away from God. And so he gets thrown off the ship and the Lord shows him mercy. As we get to this point, we see that Jonah was swallowed by that big fish. He was swallowed by that giant fish, that whale, whatever it was. And he spent three days in the belly of that fish. And that's where we get to here tonight. So Jonah chapter two and verse 10, it says, and the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. You see, the book of Jonah up to this point is comprised of a bunch of people just running and running. It comprises Jonah just running away from God and really not listening to God's call on his life. But as we get to Jonah chapter 2, verse 10, we finally get to a thing that has some wisdom. We finally get to a thing that's going to actually obey God's call. The only thing was it was the whale. Like the only thing up to this point that seemed like it was obeying God's call was literally a whale. God used that whale to accomplish his purpose. He vomited up Jonah on the dry land of Nineveh. And you see, it was a good thing that the whale was actually listening to the Lord because if it wasn't, I believe the city of Nineveh would have never repented of their sin, of their wrongdoing. But you see, at this point, Let's be honest, the whale was probably sick and tired of Jonah, all of his whining, all of his complaining up to this point. He's probably like, you know what? I probably would have vomited up too if I was the whale. Uh, one of my professors said that bad preachers can cause indigestion for anyone. Bad preachers can cause indigestion for everyone. So that was probably, the, the whale was just fed up with Jonah, spin him up, threw him out on that dry land because he was just sick and tired of him. Because... He was just running. He wasn't doing the Lord's will for his life. But you see, thankfully, God doesn't give up on us. Even though we might give up on ourselves, even though, I mean, to be honest with you, if I was in the place of God and I had a servant like Jonah just running and running and running and not doing what I told him to, I would have been done with it. I would have been done with Jonah a long time ago. I said, you know what? If you want to do your own thing, go at it, have some fun, do your own thing. But thankfully, God's not like that. You see, God gave Jonah so many chances to come back to him and God did not give up on Jonah. You see, the thing was, God wasn't just interested in Jonah's life but he was interested in the people of Nineveh. He wanted to give them a chance to repent. So it wasn't just Jonah that the Lord was saving. It was a people of Nineveh that he was saving. You see, the Lord is obviously extremely interested in seeing the world 
getting saved. And he can use multiple different ways of doing this. I, I don't understand why the Lord just didn't choose to, to come in a dream to everyone in this world at the age of 10, at the age of five or whatever it may be, shows them the plan of salvation. They see a dream and all of a sudden that's how they get to understand the gospel. But that's not the way that he does it. He doesn't do it through a dream. He lets us have the opportunity to go out and share the news that Jesus Christ died for us, that he loves us and that he wants to be our savior. You see, there's so many multiple ways that he could have done this, but he chose to use you as a Christian here tonight. He chose to use me as a Christian here tonight to preach salvation, preach the message of the gospel. You see, that was one of the things that I was really thankful for this Thanksgiving. Obviously, it was just a couple days ago, and and many of us think of some things that we're thankful for. And one of the things that I was thankful for this year was the opportunity that we have to influence this world. Uh, the opportunity that each and every single one of us has to influence our employees, that we have to influence our uh, coworkers, that we have to influence our students. The opportunity that every single one of us, people, God has placed certain people in our lives so that we can have an influence, that we can have an impact on their life. And we can make a difference as a Christian here tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 through 29, it says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. You see, myself, I'm just an average guy. I don't consider myself, uh, I'm hoping to get better, but I don't consider myself a great preacher, a fantastic orator. I don't, I don't see myself as some spiritual giant, as some of these men that we see in the Bible. But you know what? The Bible is not looking for that. As he says, he's just looking for someone who is willing. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for somebody who is willing. See, God wants to do some great things in each and every single one of our lives in this room. God wants to do some great things through this church. But the first step is that we must be willing to do whatever God asks us to do. Because God is never going to use an unwilling servant. You see, I like to think that Jonah he learned a ton of lessons there in that, uh, like I like to call it, the seaweed seminary. There in the belly of the fish. He learned lots of things in that seaweed seminary while he was down there for three days. And it took Jonah three days to learn those lessons. It's unbelievable. It took him three days to finally decide to follow the Lord. Now, I don't know what it's like inside the belly of a fish, but I guarantee you it can't be good. 
I would want to get out of that thing as fast as I could. But it took Jonah three days to finally learn what God had wanted to show him. You see, the quicker we obey God and learn the lessons that he has for us, I believe the quicker that we can continue on our journey of God's perfect will for our life. You know, sometimes God does bring trials. God does bring troubles in our life to bring us back to him. It doesn't necessarily mean that you've done anything wrong as a Christian. It doesn't mean that, but you know what? Sometimes God brings some physical ailments on our life to teach us more about him. You know, he brings some things in our life to learn more about him and be more like him. And you know what? The quicker we learn those lessons, I believe the quicker that the Lord's going to, whether it's heal us or, or whatever it may be, the quicker we learn those lessons, the quicker the Lord will heal us. It took Jonah three days to learn those lessons. And it took him all three days. I believe he would have learned that lesson if he would have repented, if he would have known what he had done was wrong. Because if you see, if you look at the, the prayer that he's praying, he was kind of complaining to God about all the things that have happened to him. You know, he, he didn't come to repentance until three days later. I believe if he would have done that the first day and it was serious, he was honest, the whale probably would have spit him up a long time ago. Life would have been a lot better for him. But it took him three days to learn those lessons. So the quicker we learn to obey God and learn those lessons that he has for us, the quicker we can continue on that journey and the God's perfect will for our life. You see, as a Christian, God's blessings are going to come to us with our first step of obedience to his will. And every step of the way from there on out. It's not gonna come until we make that first step out. Until we, it might be a hard step to take. It might be uncomfortable. It might not be something that you in and of yourself would have planned for your life. But as soon as you take that first step in God's will, hey, he's gonna make it easy for you. That first step of obedience is what is going to bring those blessings in your life. As soon as we decide to obey God's will. James chapter one, verse 25, it says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You see, the Lord does want to give us blessings. I mean, as the Bible says, you know, Lord wants to bless us, give us, give us, uh, it says, you know, as a man on this earth, he wants to give good presents to his kids. God wants to give us more gifts, more blessings, and those are only going to come if we obey his will. You see, Jonah learned a lot in those three days in that seaweed seminary. Uh, the next thing that I see is that Jonah was given a second chance. At this time, it's more like three, four, fifth, 500 chance. It was, he was given a lot of chances to come back to God's will. But Jonah was given a second chance. Jonah chapter three in verse one, it says, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. You see, thankfully God is who he says he is in Psalms chapter 103 and verse eight. It says that he's merciful and gracious slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. You see, many of us focus on the fact that, especially as kids, I know as kids, many of the kids, you know, they focus on, you know, God sees me, sees me when I do wrong. 
or even as us here today, God sees us when we do wrong, when we're out of his will, when we're not doing what he wants us to do. Oh, we know God sees us right then. But you know what? God doesn't only see us when we're doing wrong. God sees us when we're in his will, when we're doing what he has called us to do. You see, isn't it nice to be noticed every once in a while? Whether it's at work, when you're doing what's right, you know, you're showing up on time, you're doing a good job at your, at your work. It's always nice to be noticed every once in a while, whether it's getting like employee of the month or, or something. It's always nice to be noticed for that good work that you do. It really is. And as humans, you know what? Sometimes we don't, I mean, I know me on the pastoral staff, I know that we can't go around to every single one. I mean, we have so many ministries here at this church and many of you do so many different ministries and a ton of different aspects and you are really what keeps this church going. And sometimes it's hard to go around and thank each and every single one of you for that work that you do. And sometimes it can be discouraging. You feel like nobody sees what you're doing. You feel like you're not gonna appreciate it enough. And sometimes as humans, we just don't get appreciated like we should. But you know what? God always sees the good that we do in our life. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter six and verse 10, it says, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. You see, God always sees us when we do our work for him. When we're in his will, when we're doing what's right, God sees us and he will bless us for honoring him and doing what he has called us to do in our life. You see, God will never overlook our faithfulness. Even though man might, God never will. Um, As a kid, my room wasn't always the cleanest room. It still kind of isn't, but my room was never the cleanest room. And uh, as you know, mom would come home every day. Usually it was, you didn't have a whole lot of chores. It was, you know, clean your room, kind of the basic stuff. And every once in a while, mom would come home and, you know, she noticed your room's not cleaned. Oh, again, your room's not cleaned again. Thomas, your room hasn't been cleaned in like three years. What are you doing? Come on now. You got like weeds growing on the side of your room. Like what is growing on that sock right there? It's been there for so long. Like what, what is going on here? You haven't cleaned it in so long. And they noticed that. She always, they're always quick at noticing those things. Mothers are like, man, they notice a speck of dirt and out of nowhere. It's crazy. From the other side of the room. And yet every once in a while, I'd surprise her. I'd actually clean up my room. Usually wouldn't take very long, just toss stuff in the closet underneath the bed, underneath the <laughs> something. Wouldn't take very long, which she always found that out too sooner or later. But you know what? As a kid, you know, as a young kid, I figured, you know what? Mom is going to be so proud of me. Mom is going to be so happy of me. I cleaned up my room for the first time in three years. She gets home. She may have had a bad day at work. She doesn't even notice that I cleaned my room. Are you kidding me? This is my chance. This is my chance to shine. You have the best son in the world. He cleaned his room finally. And she doesn't even notice it. You see, that happens to us as humans. That happens to us as people, whether it's at work, whether it's at church. And we really do appreciate your guys' work and the ministries that you do. Obviously, like I said, we can't go around to all of you and say thank you personally, but we really do thank you all for all, all that you do. It really is a blessing. Like I said, you are really the ones that keep things going. But you see what? God 
always sees that. And God will always honor that. Even though we as humans might never honor you in the way that you should be. You see, another thing that was so great about God and and how God gave Jonah that second chance is because he was willing to forgive him again and again and again. Over and over again, Jonah would make a mistake. Jonah would make a mistake. Jonah would run. Jonah would flee. And yet God would always forgive. He was always there to forgive him. It's like in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 22, the famous verse, when Peter comes unto Jesus, then came Peter to him, then came Peter to Jesus and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And he's probably fed up with someone. Man, I keep on forgiving this guy over and over again and he still does the same exact thing. And he says, how often should I forgive him? Till seven times, he probably thought it was a good number. You know, seven times, never perfection. That's probably a great number. After that, cutthroat, you're done. That's it, we're over. I'm not forgiving you ever again. He was probably hoping this, God would say, yep, that's right, seven times. Okay, great, I'm done with forgiving him. But it doesn't end like that. It says, Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. That's a lot of times. I don't know if Peter was very good at math, but that's a lot of times. And he's probably like, man, I can't even comprehend that number. That's just an infinite amount of number. We need to infinitely forgive others. You see, I wonder what our relationships would be like at home, on the job sites, or even at church, to be honest with you. If all of us in here were a forgiving people. We would be quick to forgive. Because, I mean, there's lots of wrongs that are done to people in this church. I'm sure I've done some of you guys wrong, and you know what? Sometimes it's hard to be quick to forgive. But that's what really, that's what really makes a happy and healthy church. That's what makes a happy and healthy home is a home that is quick to forgive and is really slow to wrath. You see, Benjamin Franklin once said, he said, doing an injury puts you below your enemy. Revenging makes you but even with him. And man, I love revenging your enemies. Isn't that great? I remember, I remember when we were in football, when we were in football, man, my first year, we were just, oh, we were terrible. I mean, I was in fifth grade. I was on the starting team in fifth grade. I'm playing against like 12th graders. You know, it was bad. We'd get slaughtered. It was like, 67 to three, maybe, if we're lucky. Well, you know, we're gonna just get totally thwomped by these teams. But we were just a young team. And we're like, you know what? We're gonna all stick together. We're gonna, you know, this time of getting our butts whooped, we're, we're just gonna stick through. We're gonna, we're gonna hang in there. And one day we're gonna have our revenge. We're gonna have that sweet victory on all these teams that just destroyed us for so many years. And that's what we did. We stayed with each other for many, many years. Uh, We played, we had such great team chemistry. And man, we thwomped these teams that crushed us when we were in like, you know, fifth, sixth grade. You know, they had, there's about the opposite now. You know, now we had all the old kids, they had all the young kids, but we wanted that revenge, man. We were like 200 to like three. We were like destroying all these kids. It was really bad. That's probably why we never really won the Christian character award that much when I was in there. (laughs) Now that I think about it. 
But, you know, we want to have that revenge, and it was sweet. But as Benjamin Franklin said, you know what? That just makes you even with them. Uh, We were just even. But he also said at the very end, he said, forgiving your enemy sets you above him. Man, and it does. Sometimes that revenge, you know, you, you kind of want that. It's also like in sports too, man. When somebody's like, when I'm trash talking someone, I want them to trash talk back so we can tra- talk, trash talk some more so we can go back at it, back and forth. And if the other guy doesn't do it, it's like, man, that's lame. That's boring. Like, come on now. Like, come on, let's, let's do a little bit of trash talking. But you know, if they don't want to do that, if they're quick and easy to forgive, then it's, man, it really does put you above him really shows you that you are in authority. So Jonah was given a second chance. See, the third thing that I see tonight, that Jonah had the same command. He had the same exact command as he did in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 2. Jonah 1 verse 2, it said, God commanded Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. And once again, in Jonah chapter three and verse two, like we read tonight, it says that God said unto Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. You see, God's will for Jonah's life was the exact same. It didn't change. And God's will was perfect. He knew exactly what he wanted to do in Jonah's life. And even though Jonah wanted to run, even though Jonah didn't want to do the Lord's will right at the very beginning, God's will didn't change. Jonah's will changed, but God's will didn't change because his will was perfect. And he didn't care what Jonah wanted. He knew that his will was perfect and that he knew that if Jonah would follow his call, if Jonah was on the same exact path as the Lord's will was, that he would get those blessings. Who would have known that Nineveh would have repented? The whole city, just a short sentence. The whole city repented. The Lord was going to destroy them, literally wipe them off the face of the earth. They were so bad. And Jonah thought they were gonna kill him. And so he decided to run. He decided to not do the Lord's will, even though his will was perfect. But you see, God's will never changed in Jonah's life. And the same is true for us. God's will is always going to be the same for our life, whether we like it or not. Whether we want to follow it or not, whether we are following it today or not, his will for our life is always going to be the same, whether we follow it or whether we don't. You see, some of you may think that, well, God is kind, he's patient, he's forgiving. Well, why can't I just live my life in some sense? I just, I'll kind of do his will, but I'll kind of also do my own thing. And so why can't I just live my life just slightly away from the Lord's will? And, you know, later on in life or, you know, I can come back to him sooner or later. Obviously with the teenagers, this is why I always tell them, obviously teenage years are usually known as the, the rebellious years, you know. It's not always true for all teenagers, but most of the time, you know, those are known as the rebellious years. And they think, you know, I'm going to experience the world for a little bit. And then later on, whether it's in my college years or 
later on in life. I'll, I'll come back to church. I'll do what's right in my 30s and my 40s or whatever it may be. Then I'll, I'll come back to God. It'll be easy. It'll be quick. But that's not always the case. That's not always going to be the case for all of us. See, the Proverbs chapter 29 really gives us a warning about this kind of thinking. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 1, it says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and without remedy. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and without remedy. You see, there comes a point in our life where we really exhaust God's patience. We decide to run from God so many times where he says, you know what? I'm gonna let you do your own thing. His will was still the same, but he says, you know what? You're not gonna follow me. You're not gonna do my will. I gave you so many chances. I'm gonna let you go your own way. And in some sense, that's, I mean, that's part of our free will. That's a part of of what God has given us as, as human beings. We have the choice to follow him or not. And God's gonna do a lot of things in order to get us back on the right path. I mean, look at the life of Jonah, the storm, the fish swallowing him. He did a lot of things to get him back on the right path. And the Lord had a ton of patience on Jonah. But that doesn't mean it's gonna be the same for us. See, my warning to the teenagers is, was many times, you know, especially those that grew up in church, they know what's right. They, they know what's right. They know how to, how, to, how to live their life. They know the life they should live life that's honoring and glorifying to God. I said, you better be careful. I mean, the same was true for me. I mean, to whom much is given, much is required. I mean, me, born and raised in a Christian home, man, if, if I decided, you know, I'm going to experience the world for a little bit, I wouldn't doubt if the Lord didn't give me very many chances. And he would just been like, you know what? Go ahead. Do your own thing. You're given so much. You had so much opportunity. Born and raised in a Christian home. Went to Christian school your whole entire life. So you had all these opportunities. And I wouldn't doubt if I decided to do my own thing, go my own way, it wouldn't have been very quick when the Lord's just like, okay, world, you can have them. Just go ahead and take them. He wants to do his own thing, let him do it. And man, I'm so glad I didn't. But you see, there's lots of people that do. The only thing is we don't know where that line is that we're going to cross that one day. If we decide to run from God, run from God, run from God, we don't know when we finally reach that point where we stepped across that line and God says, you know what? I'm done. I'm through. I'm done being patient with you. It's over. See, but his will is always going to be the same whether we follow it or not. See, us in here tonight, we can't change God's plan. And why would we really want, really want to when his plan is perfect? But we do have the choice to choose whether we are going to follow it or whether we're not going to follow it. You see, success will never come to a person's life who tries to change the Bible, who tries to change God's plan. True success is never going to happen that way. You try to change God's plan. You try to change the Bible to fit your lifestyle. That's never going to work. But true success comes to a person who changes their life to fit the Bible and to fit that perfect plan that God has 
for their life. You see, there's no greater thing than to, you know, this is God's plans for your life. This is a straight line that God wants you to go. There's no greater blessing. There's no greater joy. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be comfortable. It doesn't mean that your life here on earth is just going to be sunshine and rainbows and great and fine and dandy, but the greatest place to be in life is when God's will matches up perfectly with your walk with him. It doesn't veer off to the left, it doesn't veer off to the right, but it's just perfectly aligned with God's will for your life. Let's pray. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.